0: I like beer, it makes me a jolly good fellow, I like beer, it helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow, makes him feel mellow. Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff, and uh, with us tonight we've got the doctor. Hola. And, uh, and the producer's
1: back in the aquarium back there. I don't know what we call that anymore. We'll have to kind of come up with a new place for that. Hopefully, that
0: Joe out of there at some point. He's the wizard behind the curtain. Yeah, that's right. I miss you, Joe. I'm, yeah, we miss him. We miss him. I don't miss him that much. No. He's been gone for like three weeks. Yeah, so I've gotten kind of used to him being gone. Well, normally
2: I'm playing like footsies across the table with him, but now <laughs> it's done. Hey, we're friends who love good beer
0: and telling stories, so we turned it into a podcast. I want to say uh, Happy New Year 2023.
1: This is a, we are a new and improved podcast uh, celebrating dry January yeah for for at least five minutes yeah. <laughs> until, we, until we hit the crack oh you're just doing beer. it for
0: January no I'm just doing it until we hit that first beer oh okay yeah <laughs> I quit drinking for good oh good for you I drink for evil now there you go oh I, I got that from Insane <laughs> Brewing yeah, yeah, all good. that great yeah. signage there teachers by day beer drinkers by night lucky enough to live in North County San Diego California beer mecca within a beer mecca please pour yourself a beer pull up a bar stool and
2: join us hey y'all coffee sucks <laughs> But I really like beer, and you should buy me a beer. <laughs> so you go to ilikebeerthepodcast.com and click on Buy Me a Coffee, and you can buy me a beer. Thanks. That's Buy Me
0: a Coffee. Click the link on the website, ilikebeerthepodcast.com, and you can find the link to our online store. You can sign up for the newsletter. You can check out the gallery to see where we've been and what we've been drinking. ilikebeerthepodcast.com. Talent we have a fellow Aztec as our special guest tonight.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited.
0: Like I, I always say, the coolest people I know are, are from San Diego State. I had the pleasure of meeting this gentleman at the San Diego Guild Fest, where he was representing beers from the San Diego Estate Beer Project. He had a blind taste testing going on at the Volkswagen bus with the tap handles. Nice. We chatted for a couple minutes, and I was walking away, and Julie said to me, go back. You got to have that guy on the podcast. So (laughs) I did, I asked, he agreed. And that guy is Pat Walls. So, Hey, welcome Pat.
3: Hey, Pat. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks for having me here. Good to see you
0: again. You too. That was a great day at the Guild Fest.
3: That was a very long and busy day, <laughs> and you were oh. the very first stop, so we were you were busy. Yeah, first stop and last stop. We were right by the entrance and exit and restrooms I didn't and. Know I was food. allowed to go
2: twice. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's prime what, location.
3: It was. So
0: Pat, you've got some fun credentials. They're impressive too, but first and foremost, they're fun.
3: Run us through some of your credentials. Okay, so um, by day, I work at San Diego State University uh, in the College of Graduate Studies with uh, graduate student funding and the doctoral programs and lots of fun stuff. But by night, it's more fun. Uh, I'm a certified Cicerone, certified BJCP beer judge. Um, I'm a certified Kansas City Barbecue Society judge, (laughs) um, which was a recent thing, which was really fun. And then I'm also a culinary historian. So I've published a book about uh, beer history, and I'm working on another project about beer and food and other competitions and sort of how they evolve and where, they, where they're where they going and how people run them and why. You have a lot of hats, <laughs> but you're not wearing a hat now. Yeah. I don't wear hats yeah. normally, <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: Too. That's why Julie said, and I only yeah. knew like half of that. Just awesome. go back and ask him; he's got to be on the podcast.
1: Well, I think, like you say, I think some of my, like for me personally, favorite things: barbecue and beer. To be yeah, a certified judge in both of those, that's that's like the pinnacle. I'm getting yeah. hungry. So, yeah. real quick, just tell us a little bit about you know, you maybe touch a little more on your connection to San Diego State, but also more the your connection to the San Diego beer scene.
3: Yeah, so uh, San Diego State. I've worked there for about four years. Before that, I was at San Jose State, um, and. In the college, we we don't offer any classes or majors, so it's a different structure than other colleges, right? So you can't major in graduate studies. Um, so we work with all the colleges and all the different units across campus, um, dealing with you know eight million dollars of student funding a year and uh, dealing with uh, institutional research and um, all sorts of stuff. So I'm on campus every day talking to people from across across the space. And because I have 25 doctoral programs, uh, 22 of which are joint doctoral programs with other campuses, so the UCs and then Claremont Graduate University, so get to be on the phone with people from across the state on that. Um, so it's it's pretty fun. Uh, keeps me busy. Pat Walls, Renaissance man. Oh, that's impressive.
0: No, <laughs> got his in- intellectual fingertips in every aspect of academia.
3: Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I don't know a lot, but I know that I know, but I know that I don't know a lot, if that makes <laughs> sense, right? But you know a lot about beer and barbecue, and that's really what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. 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 So really yeah, yeah. So in San Diego, beer scene, um, I'm a member of Quaff. So I did my, I wrote my book about beer um, in 20, it came out in 2017. And so when we moved to San Diego, I knew I wanted to join Quaff, the um, quality ale uh, Quality Ale Fermentation Fellowship, which is the m- most award-winning homebrew club in the country, um, and they really focus on both improving, helping homebrewers improve their their beer, their craft, as well as uh, getting into the competitive space. And so, um, when I joined, uh, I, I actually haven't homebrewed myself, even though I have an expensive setup. <laughs> um, I've, I've brewed ciders and, and kombucha and, uh, tapache and, but, and I've brewed with friends, but I haven't homebrewed at home. Uh, but I got involved and, um, I became the club only competition coordinator. So we run six, uh, BJCP sanctioned, um, competitions a year for club members to both improve their current processes and explore other beer styles. For example, this year, the competition that's for January is on, classic clone beers. So like what in the, in the beer justification programs, um, style guidelines, what are, when it says like a California commons, the classic beer styles are anchor steam. And so this competition is not just brew a good Cali common, but it's, okay. then we're going to compare it to anchor steam and we'll see how close you get That's to that. Cool. And cool. so it's, it kind of builds upon the traditional BJCP, um, uh, competition to, really try to mirror the two um some of the beers that are entered i'm excited to see how they came out because they're not easy beers to make but because of the timeline like we specifically um scheduled this competition for january knowing that most of these beers are going to be things when we announced it in november we knew most of the, these beers aren't are either going to be quick turnaround right like a 28 day pale ale or they're going to be something that you've had in your cellar for a while which makes it kind of exciting Versus, like in September, we're gonna have German loggers as the style because it is the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, or in November, we have either ha- large winter warmers or barley wines and so on. So, so I got involved in that, and then through that, uh, you know, I've, I've judged competitions, um, professional and homebrew, and then um, but through all this, for the San Diego State Beer Project, the two um, founders of it were are members of the San Diego Brewers Guild. Uh, Eric Fowler of White Labs and Tom Keeley from um, from Thorn Brewing Company, and so they reached out to Quaff saying, "Hey, is anyone interested in doing this like local beer kind of thing? We don't know what it's going to be, but um, so that's how I got involved in that, and that's how I've met folks through from the Guild and so on." Um, that's the short and the long <laughs> version. <laughs> Very cool. though.
0: Well, I'm so, going to ask a short next question that I think is pertinent because the follow up question involves drinking a beer, yes. so I want to get this question out. And while you answer, I'm going to open a beer um, for our listeners who are your day-to-day average Joe beer drinkers. What does it mean to be a certified Cicerone and a certified beer judge?
3: Okay. So uh, I'll start with the beer judge. So the group, uh, oh my, I'm missing the name. The beer judge certification program, BJCP has been around since the early eighties. And they started with uh, organizing competitions and started organizing beer styles, trying to, to make sense of what it means to be, is this a Pilsner versus a, just a logger. And so over the last 40 years, those style guidelines have evolved and they change every few years. Um, so with the BJCP, there's an online exam. That's 150 questions in 60 minutes, true, false, or multiple choice and multiple choice, multiple answer. And once you pass that, then you're in uh, apprentice and then you do a tasting exam which is six beers in an hour and a half and you get 15 minutes for a two ounce sample to write everything that you remembered about the beer but it's not just what you remembered about the style it's what you're tasting in the beer in front of you and then how it compares to the beer style guidelines so it's a closed book super quiet super stressful you hear people tearing out the hair um and and it's tough it is tough um but once you, once you get, there's, there's different levels of being a, a beer judge, there's apprentice, recognized, certified, national, the masters. Um, and once you get a certain amount of, of uh, a certain score, then you get um, then you have to get experience points and then you can move up as you get higher scores in the tasting exam and then more experience. For the national level, there's a written exam where you have an hour and a half to write six essays multiple page essays by hand, which nobody does outside of high school anymore. (laughs) Um, And you, and there's different, like it can be like, write everything you know about this style or write everything you know about this specific process in the brewing process. So it's really in depth. So the national master's level judges know their stuff. And but because beer and tasting beer is subjective, it doesn't mean that they're a hundred percent right. Right. So there's, there's, So when you're in a competition setting as a judge, you're paired with someone else and you don't disagree, but you acknowledge that opinions are different. And so you come to like a consensus between the two. Um, So that's BJCP is older. Cicerone program came out of Chicago. Uh, Ray Daniels started it. And Cicerone really is focused on front of house service in restaurants and breweries and getting people making a beer sommelier program. And so Cicerone also has four steps. The first one is an online exam. That's a half hour, 60 questions, um, multiple choice. And then uh, the next level has a written exam of fill in the blank and essays, as well as a tasting portion and demo portion. And the tasting portion is like, here's four beers, each beer you can choose between style A or or B. Is this an English brown or an American brown? Or is this a... And it's all a closed book and, and um, it's pretty tough. And that, the first time I took it, I passed the written exam and the demo, there's a demo part where it's like, how does this piece of equipment work? Or what is this process that you do uh, on video, which is odd, but it, it works. Um, but the tasting part I didn't pass um, because they also have 12 off flavors and it's like identify these off flavors in these samples or if there's oh. none. And so it's like, here's this, here's the base. Or
1: none of the above. Or, <laughs> or none of the above. Your head starts playing with your taste buds going, I think I, what, do I taste that? I don't know. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Yeah. So like one time it was like, um it was like Medello. So I'm tasting, I'm like, well, this tastes like, you know, it tastes like this. But then on the off flavors, it's like, oh, well, wait, is this, this, is it the base beer or is it this? Uh, and then another, so those are, and then there's a third one about all flavors and it's, is it serviceable? Uh, like. Can you give this to someone? If they say this doesn't taste right, what, is, what do you think it is? You have to say, is it serviceable or not? And if not, then what is it? So that's the second level to certify Cicerone. The third level, advanced Cicerone, is pre-pandemic. It was a full day exam. It was in person. Now they've switched the written parts to online. And for advanced Cicerone, it's just more. It's deeper. It's uh, Instead of having two choices on the style, it's four choices. So is this a an American brown, an English brown, an uh, a Dunkel, or a I don't know, I can't think of something. A Schwarzbier, something else. And so then you're like, well, wait, is it? Where, yeah. where am I going? And then um, the Master Cicerone is a two-day test where there's even more. Jeez. There's instead of instead of twelve <laughs> off flavors, there's like twenty-nine, and they do like dozens of panel, like a dozen panels, and and they don't get any sample. It's just like what. What kind of beer is this? And if you can name the brand, you get bonus so points. So if you have
2: a cold that day, your you know, and yeah. your oh, taste buds no. are a little done. off, you're in trouble. Yeah. You're out money. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. So it's so the sort of certif- the Cicerone program is really great training, and they're parallel trainings, um, parallel processes. But the Cicerone is aimed more for people in the industry or fans who are looking to like step up their right. um, their knowledge base.
0: So that's a lot. That, a that's lot a, almost sounds like takes some of the fun out of beer, but. But no, but but I know for a fact that Pat still enjoys beer. And uh, will you take us through a beer tasting? Sure, yeah. I have a beer that I've held on. I went right at the beginning of the pandemic, clearing my daughter's uh, apartment out of UC Davis, mm-hmm. stopping at one of our favorite stops, Three Mile Brewing in Davis, and they weren't open. Everything was closed, but the, one of the brewers met me there and passed along this beer and said, "Take this home, set it aside for a while." I asked for how long. He goes, "Oh, a few." a month or a couple of years. I don't know. We don't really know what's going to happen with it. <laughs> so he didn't know if it was going to be good or not. So you can be complete honest, uh, honesty out of this. And I got to get the wax off of it. This is three mile little coat, Scotch ale aged in a whiskey barrel. And we'll pass that around.
2: Well, speaking of, you just mentioned Salmon Yes, You know, you go to a nice restaurant and they got someone there. who could talk all day about, about wines, but yeah, it's true. You know, you go Cheers. to a, a restaurant. There's not sometimes the people pouring your beer will will sit and talk to you about the beer styles and stuff. But not that would be nice to have that at it. You know, going I mean, to have beer. Yeah, factor, right? that
1: seems to be the next evolution in a lot of these places when right. you talk to people that are are. Uh, one sec, I got to my picture for a sec just so I can say I had it. All
3: right, <laughs> right so I'm, I'm checking out Pat's pour. I'm going to duplicate his pour there. So one of the, one of the first things, so yes, the beer sommelier, the being able to walk you through the, nice. the drink as yeah, well as the nice. pairing with the food, that, that's yeah. the goal. Right. There's a big focus on food and beer pairing and how those work together. So the first thing when pouring, when you're in a competition setting, judging, you do very formalized, like I brought score sheets. If you haven't seen them, have you seen them before? No. and them okay. out. Let's I'll go. Pass them out. Let's do it. Um, But it's very formalized, um, but it is a good guide even for. um, Thank you. For anything, for life. Yeah. Uh, I actually run this with my daughters on our way to school in the morning when they're eating their snack I would be like okay so what is it what is it what do you smell what do you what does it taste like what does it feel like in your mouth like I could use this with my wife in bed maybe (laughs) is this
2: musty oxidized
3: (laughs) so with so with the
2: uh yeasty is on here (laughs) yeasty is one
3: of them yeah Okay, sorry. so no. <laughs> no <sorry. laughs> so one of the things, the first thing is of course aroma because because it does dissipate and it changes over time as the beer warms. Right. So smelling it now, smelling it later, smelling it often. And one of the other things is that um, Randy Moser in tasting beer teaches as well as George Thornton of the of Home Brewing Co. when he would teach off flavor classes is to drink if you're in the judging mode, drink your beer in your other your offhand so that it tells your brain we're doing something different we're not drinking to enjoy we're ah. drinking to evaluate <gasps> interesting and so so but i'm left-handed and i will spill with my right hand so <laughs> i <Right. laughs> just put out my pinky instead um <laughs> right. so smelling smelling all the way around twisting twirling swirling you can do a very fun that i tend to spill during competitions cover the cover the glass spin on the thing And then just open your thumb and your finger and kind of get a nostril in there. Sometimes you smell your hand. My dirty hand. Sometimes you smell other things. Hmm. But uh, so aroma and note, like, one of the big things is noting intensity. And intensity is in parallel with everything else you smell. Like sometimes you can smell, like with this, I smell some like raisin and some caramel. But it's not like... Huge raisin. It's not like opening up mm-hmm. a raisin brand, right? It's just raisin, a yeah. bit. It's a bit. Yeah. Some dry, some dry dark fruits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. some of the barrel. But what is the balance between them? Is it like medium raisin but low other things? Or is it like high one thing but no. nothing else? Everything else is like a background character. A can plumb, you can you plummy. nail a beer? Plum? Can you nail a beer often without even tasting it just by smelling it? Depends on the time mood. Yeah, <laughs> depends on. <laughs> Depends on sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Personally, not. I'm not 100%. I know folks who could do it 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then aroma and then also appearance, because of course we eat with our eyes first, kind of seeing if it's how it looks. And with the style guidelines, it has explicit um, guides to what you're looking for, what kind of, if it should be clear, if it can be Ah, murky, if it can be this or that, what color. Also with appearance, the head. Uh, the head retention, what kind of bubbles, what colors, what texture. And then so this is in a judging or in a in a exam, you're spending the first two or three minutes staring at the beer or smelling Mm -hmm. it. Right. And it's like, okay, now I get to taste it. I'm already not good at this. No. (laughs) No. I already really finished my beer (laughs) because I was thirsty. (laughs) Well so and that's the thing. So once you finally do taste it, you have the difference of what the taste is, right? Sweet, sour, salty, but then also the flavor, the combination of the retronasal smells, what that comes up through the back of your throat, through the back of your nose, what those smells are. So when you take a sip, blow out your nose as you're swallowing, ah. oh. and you'll get some different notes. And that's especially where you get a lot of those esters, the fruity notes. Call like, that retronasal. Mm-hmm. Retronasal. I'm learning here. Mm. Retronasal. Let's write that down.
2: That's interesting.
3: Yeah. So that's that's one of the really fun parts is that uh, as uh, the beer warms, it evolves as you drink it differently. It changes flavors. Um, That's why I heard your podcast, the one where um, up in Northern California the guy said you gotta drink a full pint. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. It evolves (laughs) with time. That was three mile brewing. (laughs) Well, was it really? And that's the thing though. Like you you know, how long are you allowed to
2: give each beer? Because you're eyes that flavor taste, right? Are you you I only can give this beer five minutes, or how does that work?
3: So in in a judging setting you try to get 10 minutes ish because you You give each beer
2: 10 minutes? Yeah because wow. you
3: fill out that entire score sheet. Yeah, that's pretty in depth. And then um and as you, if you look there under aroma it has malt, hop, esters and other aromatics. Yeah, they're changing. Yeah. So for this here you have the esters are like the fruity flavors that are coming from the malts as well as from possibly from the yeast. But you also have the other aromatics being like the barrel aging and this you said scotch barrels. Mhm. Just a little tinge of just the tinge of um of peatiness or smoke right at the end mm-hmm. like right right on the tip of the tongue um would be kind of other aromatics. so in a competition setting you want to answer all of those things because the ultimate goal of a competition for the um for the entrant is to win awards yeah as well as to get feedback and the goal of the judge is to give oh. effective feedback oh. and to truly identify the best beer to style to so,
2: style because you st- I mean, that's the key right you're yeah. just you can't compare uh, uh, except
3: for to that other style,
2: correct, yeah. yeah, or that within that style, yeah,
3: and that's the hard thing is that I've I've judged beers that I don't like, but they've gotten good scores because they're true to style. Because yeah, their, true to well, style. I guess there's this
2: style I typically don't like, but. I think this beer is pretty good for this style. I, 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 I think it held up. Maybe they're getting better in the barrel age, or I'm liking them more and more. Cause, you're, you're maturing. I right, maybe <laughs> so. First barrel age it's stuff I tasted. Well, I, <laughs> I
1: think if you have something, I, this is just my opinion on it, that it, it, we, you have had beers sometimes out of barrel age where that – whiskey that 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 so strong is yeah. so strong it yeah. overpowers the beer totally That's right seems so, like I, the first barrel so I think that things had... as they've gone to better and craft and this one's aged and said yeah, yeah. that part mellows out a little bit and now it's it it yeah, complements the taste exactly. right it's not, it's, exactly. It, exactly yeah it's accentuates it, yeah. it, it so kind of like we said kind of it's on the back end of it just that little yeah. bit of that it's my uh, net retro nasal is appreciating exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That
0: works though. No. I just tried it twice and it does work. Yeah, you pick up more in the flavors and oh yeah. And you know what's I'll, not on the score sheet, and I'll take a picture of the score sheet because it's awesome, and we'll we'll post it with the the episode is if I'm allowed to.
3: Yes, oh, okay. it's <laughs> the website's bjcp.org, and all these things are publicly available: the style guidelines, the score sheets, and so on. So what's I'm sorry, not on
0: here, and it's probably good because judges shouldn't have this. But when I see a beer that's from three mile. I'm already in its favor because I had such a wonderful time there many times very from the, from their soft opening to our visit with our tour group uh, to going back and, and being treated like royalty there. And so since I'm not a judge, I get to add that as a whole column of, but I love this place and I love what they do. And those people there.
3: Well, that's, that's why for in judging settings, it's all blind judged. And if you notice, the last section there is overall impression, and that gets ten points out of fifty, so that's twenty percent of the the score. Is like, how did you like the beer, and then also, what would you do to improve the beer? And so that's just like just like grading any sort of you know exam or assignment. If the if because we all because tasting is subjective, the rubric here is just trying to be as clear as possible. Yeah. yeah.
0: So what would be some, we're going to ask Pat to use his words. What would be some of the words that would come to your taste bud mind um, as you enjoy, hopefully enjoy, or at least consider this beer?
3: Yeah. So like I said, uh, I would think um, some dried dark fruits, some raisins, some plum. I think that's a good, good one. Um,
2: I see a descriptor on here is light struck. Similar to I the aroma of But that's, of
1: at, but that's yeah, the, captain. The, the off, the off. The yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this has, it's got a good amount of barrel aging, but not overpowering. Yeah, yeah. Barrel presence there. Some of the caramel. I think for, I think it's tasty. It's held up. Do you know when, I see a number on uh, there, but yes, do you know when it was from?
0: Limited release, 2020. Yeah. Um, little coat, whiskey, barrel aged scotch, ale. And this was bottle number 157. And he also gave me bottle 307. And I can't remember why he picked those two bottles, but he had a reason, <laughs> no. but I didn't write it down and I don't remember. Um, to me, no, the, nice. the, the whiskey barrel part of it, it definitely comes through on the nose, but mm-hmm. then so much milder in the, in the flavor.
3: There's also a little bit of um, like Bing cherry. Bing. Right. And the flavor, like kind mm-hmm. of like the, the mouth up. feeling. Yeah. And that's one of the things uh, with, with the flavor, not only is it intensity, but it's the type of like the type of fruit or flavor that you're finding, but also the, the location. So if you say citrus, that's great. That helps people understand kind of what you're looking at. But if you can say, in this case, you say stone fruit. Right. But then if you can say cherry, or if you can say Bing cherry, if you're just like cherry seed. Like that highly, or what is the, um, what is the liqueur that's made from cherry seeds? I cannot think of now for the life of me. Mm. Wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's the thing, right? There's these, these different products or these different experiences in life that we bring into tasting or drinking or eating that inform what we experience in other things. Right. right. Um, but no, it's very good. Thank you. Well,
0: good. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, cheers. cheers. No, cheers. We'll even have thanks for the education. Yeah. yeah, there is some more.
3: So say so hello for
0: Joe. He looks like a puppy yeah. dog back there.
1: Question going back, kind of tying into it. So you talked about the, the rigor of these preparations for these tests that you, you've, you've gone through in the certification. What, what is the preparation process? Like what does studying look like for this?
3: So both BJCP and, and the Cicerone organization, which is Cicerone.org, um, have study materials online for free. Okay. The Cicerone one has a syllabus uh, that goes into pretty good depth. Uh, when the Cicerone organization started, another Chicago area um, brewer and writer uh, and journalist, Randy Mosier, came out with the Tasting Beer, his Tasting Beer book, which is like a history of and the science behind tasting beer. And so what... Um, Cicerone, it was coincidentally that they came out around the same time, and that they knew each other. And then when they realized, oh hey, you did this, oh you're uh, doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, tasting beer is unofficially the like the textbook for Cicerone org for the first two levels at least. You can read be okay. tasting beer and probably pass with some study. You can tell in our
0: podcast about year end of year one where I was really reading that book. Caref- I won't say religiously, but right carefully, that, yeah. because yeah. my notes on beer, the words I used went up, and then they drifted right back down to, well, this is crisp and clean and I like
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of which, so when you go out, just whatever, with the fam or friends, just go out for a few
3: beers, pizza, are you always in beer judge mode, or can you kind of turn it on and off? Uh, definitely turn it on and off. Yeah. I still will take the time to smell the The first few sips, also kind of be in judge mode, and then let it go. Let it go. Just, yeah. just let yeah. it, it go. Your friend say, say,
2: hey, let that beer judge go.
3: Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: And yeah. you brought a beer uh, close to what you're doing. Yeah. Like, so I, to what you're doing.
3: So I brought, I think this is the last keg from Pure Project. So Chris Leguizamo the education program manager at Pure Project um, um, found this for me. So this is White Sands. And this was the... One of the four beers of the San Diego State Beer Project. Here, you want to crack it and sure. yeah, crack it in the mic. Um, so the San Diego State Beer Project started in April of '22, and uh, <laughs> and we we quickly figured out our first activity should be to ask uh, local homebrewers what local beer meant to them, and so from that uh, homebrew competition. And we asked them to not only do a traditional submit your beers and we'll judge it, but we also asked them to write a narrative about what local ingredients they used, as well as a narrative about what local beer means. And so we had um, we had professional brewers judge their their narrative about the local ingredients. And then we had um, local community members who are involved in farm farm business um, and nonprofits to judge their um, narrative about what local means to them so the four winning beers uh got to be scaled up and entered into a pro am competition uh which we held in november at the san diego brewers guild uh, guild fest and i just poured way too much but i'm not <laughs> upset <that>. and so <laughs> this was one of those judge. beers so wow it smells different so this is what's good the homebrewers were Billy Lambert and Teresa Wilkes, and they brewed with Pure Project, with Winslow Sawyer Pure Project. And this is a Cezanne that uses uh, San Diego produced yeast. They produced this yeast, they got this yeast from from Teresa's uh, father's uh, citrus trees and they propagated it for years and kept it going. And then they also use Admiral Maltings up in Alameda County, uh, or up in Alameda. Uh they're California grown and California malted barley. And then they use California grown pink lemon and lime leaf. And so this is one of the four beers that were poured blind where we, we had um, partici- or consumers of the Guildfest blind judge these four beers using Draft Labs sample locks app. And so there's two questions. The Hedonic, how much do you like it? Uh, it's horrible for, all the way up to, it's fantastic. And then identify some from flavors that you get out of it. Uh, and so this one... So the lemon smell is strong. This one, it's not a very phenolic yeast. And actually, White Labs helped propagate this yeast uh, for Pure projects. So they took that home brewer thing and then... So now it's part of the White Labs uh, archive of yeast. So this one is it's very complex. It's so lemony, mm-hmm. it, it feels like
2: it's going to disinfect everything inside of me. <laughs> they
3: might <laughs> well like the
2: first
0: one the whiskey aroma was strong but then in the flavors of it the same one with this one the the cit- lemon citrusy and the aromas there but it's not, not, it's not tart enough. in the in no. the taste of it so it it does kind of mess with your mind a little bit from the now that i'm smelling so carefully yeah with my cupped hand over the getting one nostril in there mm-hmm. real
3: good and like the the lime leaf is used in a lot of thai cuisine and so yeah. if you kind of start thinking that like Thai, Ooh. you can start seeing how this it can be good food. With some pad it's going to Thai. Oh yeah.
2: There you go. I'm getting hungry. It's dinner time. It's
3: going be really good with something mm. spicy. Some spicy pad thai. So uh, mm. on the Pro Am competition, the people, the people <laughs> oh, like <laughs> almost two hundred people rated it, these four beers. I and was this one, of one them. and this one scored the least, highest nope. oh, of the hedonic oh. score. I wasn't one of them. No, it so I have the report hedonic. here if you want to take a look. The hedonic meaning just like or dislike, uh, and on a scale. Is it like hedonism? Exactly. Ooh. It is. And so these are the reports from Draft Labs, oh, and they show, and of the four beers, the one that won was the Imperial Berliner Weiss with cherries and orange. Yes. And I think I part, of, and no, part I of it <laughs> is from Thorne, and why, why do you remember
0: why? I, I just remember that one being a standout of the four, of, of Like the other three, to me, were very close, and then that one—I had that one last. Yeah, and that was the one that just kind of went. Oh, this one is a standup. This
2: is my favorite. So I would buy. I would buy this in a in a second. Okay, so at the the, like the Great American Beer Fest, like in Colorado, right? Yeah. How many beers will a judge be
3: tasting in a day? So at GABF, they do two tasting. Well, right now they do two tasting panels a day. But they power through 20 or 30 in a day, in the morning. Meters. Yeah. yeah. It's not that many. And it's two ounces and it's exhausting more than it so is 60 ounces. Yeah. 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 But because that's you're focusing on you're just, each your style day. guide yeah, yeah. That, and that's your right. whole day. So then they go out and have like a old fashioned and afterwards. A, yeah. And how many <laughs>
2: judges will there will be there?
3: They're going to have a couple. They have a couple hundred a year. Couple hundred. Yeah. Couple
2: hundred drinking. Yeah, yeah. Thursday, whatever.
3: Yeah, they, they changed it um, last year for COVID where they, they s- kind of do uh, a group of judges for three days and then another group and then another group yeah. so that they don't fatigue people and also to keep it pandemic safe. Yeah. so Gotcha.
0: I do remember this one. The, what are we drinking here? The, the, the white, white Sands. sands from Pure On Project. that day was a, it was in November, but it was hot. It was, hot. I can it tell was a hot. really hot day and it, it, Came out of the tap, it came out as compared to the others, grassy, and and Mm -hmm. that was not a. Well, some people may like that a lot. I know my my relatives up in Oregon love a pine, like really piney Mm -hmm. uh, pale ales and IPAs, and and that too piney can throw me off a little bit. This one came out grassy. It doesn't come that that way.
2: Piney. It doesn't taste piney. Tastes more lemony to me. This doesn't come across grassy. Grassy now. Clovey. Yeah. Like that banana clovey. Mm -hmm. Get a
0: little bit of that in there too. But it doesn't come across that way out of the way It's whatever's happened to it in that time since November.
1: It's very light. I I feel like it's very light and kind of dry. It's like a very dry, dry, very dry beer. Like a
2: wine almost. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I, I feel like if it was a hot day, this actually could be a pretty... Good mm-hmm. beer on a really hot like that could actually
2: you know on a hot day pretty any freaking beer. cold <laughs> beer, just, beer just
1: just be like, 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 like well you wouldn't like that imperial that imperial stout or what you know like that you just had the scott the barrel aged scott that's gonna feel heavy on a hot yeah. day right this on a hot day yeah. it, it, you know you you I think you might appreciate this more yeah. right than I don't know you know
2: I kind of like the first one but
1: it's it's like I said it's very dry and and very clean finish yeah. but I definitely get a little a lot of lemon on the the nose. Little lemon on the taste, but I get more of the clove,
2: banana, clovey, that kind of stuff as well. All right, Pat. Well, we're going to bring you way back to yeah. whenever you or you, your first craft beers. You said, "Woo, I like
1: this. <laughs> I want to go spend a ton of time." Yeah, getting, I want, to, <laughs> I want, <laughs> I I want write books on this. I want, I want this. tests. I'm going to write a, like, I want to write a on book this. on this. <laughs>
3: um, way back when we, my my college roommate. Stayed on campus this summer. He turned 21, and his boss took him to High Time Wine Cellars in Costa Mesa and gave him a book on Michael Jackson's book on like beers of Belgium. Michael
2: Jackson's book on beers of Belgium. Yeah,
3: the Michael Jackson, who's the the UK beer writer, (laughs) not the other one (laughs) that no one knows. Yeah. Um, And so when I came back from college or from summer break, we started buying all of the Allegash and Gang and okay, Duvel yeah. and everything uh, that we can get our hands on that we could afford. I'll ask you know. your first. So first of those would probably be Duvel, uh, probably be the Belgian golden strong ale hmm. and just being like, wow, this is yeah. a lot of beer. Uh, it's more than, A lot different than your typical
1: it? college beer. Right? Yeah. Your rails drinking Natty Light and you're yeah. walking in with it. You're a So that's pretty good.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then uh, it just it went from there, and and before that, I'd studied abroad in Australia and I'd had some like barley wines and some like Australian sparkling ales and all these other things where I'm like I don't know what I'm drinking. I don't know I, this is cool that it's different, but yeah. not like not like I'm gonna go back home and look for it. But when we started getting the the Belgian hmm. beers, it was that was it. Yeah, right.
2: that's cool.
3: So Belgians. Yeah. Well, I do want to say the one thing on the, on the San Diego State Beer Project, the winning beer, the Imperial Berliner Weiss with the cherries and apple, and excuse me, cherries and orange, is that it is what it is. It you is. Say that's it's, profound. You say it's that's sour, profound. cherry, and orange, and that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you said that the ABV was uh, 7.5, everyone was like, no, yeah. no. Okay, no. ready?
2: Yeah. Take off your
3: judge hat. Yes. No more judge
2: hat. You, you know, your wife's going to get you a beer. Your preferred beer styles?
3: Like, what do you like? Take up your chat. Uh, I like Saisons. I like, um, I like Lambics. I like things with expressive yeast. Um, and I also expressive like things. Expressive yeast. Yeah. You know? So, you know, not, you know, it, I, I, I'll drink anything. I'm, of course, I'm bibulous, but. Uh, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> um, you are what? Um, bibulous, om um, um yes, yeah, um, omnibibulous, uh, <laughs> Nice. <laughs> meaning I'll drink all the things, but uh, right handed or left handed, yeah. yes, but the uh, so yeah. lambics, lambics, saisons, yeah. Belgian beers, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, gotcha.
0: This was the 2022 goal for me was to get into some Belgians and find some that I like because I realized there was a wider range and I was kind of pigeonholing it as a style, I, I wasn't my preference. And... The golden ales, uh, starting with uh, Raul over at yeah. Guadalupe, yeah. with that one he brought us that 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 kind of flipped our whole yeah. thoughts on it. The, the goldens were the ones I I really started to like that last year going into the show. I've had a
1: bunch of we, we we I keep telling you, but we need to go over to Lost Abbey because I've had a bunch there oh, that they're yeah. good too as well. So
2: you just gotta hit the right ones. They're they're yeah. the Belgian you know. kings, well yeah. original.
0: So give us a little yeah. more about the San Diego Estate Beer Project and and the goals of your project there.
3: Yeah, so the project, we're still trucking along. Um, our next thing is that we proposed a um, presentation for the Homebrew Con. That's going to be here in San Diego in June 2023. So the American Homebrewers Association holds the Homebrew Con somewhere across the country each Homebrew year.
2: Homebrew Con. I, that sounds like something I'd like do to do. Do I have to, to dress up? Do I, you yeah. wear a costume?
3: You can if you oh, want. Okay. You All wouldn't right. be the only now,
2: one. See, I want to go drink a bunch of good, great right, homebrews. Can I go to that? The public can go to that. So they
3: don't pour home brews, but there is beer that's poured there. Yeah, Wait, um, and they they have presentations about how tos as well as right. um, uh, other things. So we're we're gonna we proposed and we're hopefully I was hoping to hear back by today, but that didn't happen uh-huh. yet. <laughs> um, we're hoping to hear back soon, uh, and we're we're doing it with uh, we propose to do it with Dr. Bronner's, oh, who yeah, just cool. came out with uh, chocolate because they found that they're Huh? One of their suppliers also was growing chocolate and selling it to Nestle, and they're like, "Well, we'll buy that from you at a premium <laughs> because n- eh, Nestle." <laughs> and so, um, Dr. Bronner's to talk about sustainability and and farm to consumer. Nice, and then also with uh, Dave McLean of Admiral Maltings, one of California's one of two. Um, he's the co-founder of California's one of two craft maltsters. Um, and then uh, with someone from a, a local nonprofit that connects farmers to uh, other businesses. Yes. So the, the goal of the Estate Beer Project is really twofold. It's one, to connect farmers to brewers to cre- get local ingredients into local people's nice. glasses. Uh, and then the second goal is to sort of create a local beer style. If you think of like Guinness mm. in Dublin, it's the local water and the locally available malts oh, and barley or malts and, and hops <clears throat> That created a style because that's what was tasted best. It's similar when Pilsen in Bohemia, or now Czech Republic, creating Pilsner and and IPAs in Burton on Trent with their water profile, their, their high sulfate water profile. So the kind of goal is to say, all right, what can be grown here and what can we make here that people will drink here that is truly San Diego? Interesting. So the, the salty,
2: our, <laughs> well, and so salty crew.
3: <laughs> that, exactly. So oh, I mean you can there. use salt, you can make a goes, yeah. you can make a, a variety of things. Um our our biggest export as the capital of craft beer is West Coast IPA. Right. Yeah, but that right. uses Washington grown hops uh, and Canadian grown yeah. malts and yeast that's that's propagated from well, So what
2: so tell what's make San Diego San Diego then?
3: Well, so that's the thing is that's actually what you need to decide. That's I, what everyone yeah, needs to decide, right. right? So as part of the Estate Beer Project, I, I went through the San Diego Farm Bureau and some other ag resources, the University of California Agriculture and Natural Resources, and found sixty six different types of products or of produce that's grown commercially in the county.
2: Point said is help. Kelp. <laughs> Kelp. Yeah. Yeah. Barnacle, yeah. you know, Kelp's got to yeah. be. No, it is. It's uh, hard to methamphetamines. Carl's Vietnamese bad oysters. Method. No, no, there's, there's uh,
1: like, if you look at this list, yeah, there's so many different, like, fruits and vegetables that are produced here. Strawberries <laughs> Local yeah. from Carl's yeah. yeah.
3: And so things like Pure Project has Pure a variety. strawberry beer that they do every yeah, year yeah, with JRO Organics. Oh,
1: it's so good. And they use the Carl's bad beers. I, uh, or yeah. the Carl's bad uh, strawberries. It's yeah.
3: so good. And so the idea is to be able to connect farmers in the way of, of just saying, okay, if you grow this next season, if right. we can make a contract as opposed to having it all be spot purchased the same yeah. way that folks do with hops. Where it's right. like, if you need to brew with hops tomorrow and you don't have them today, you got to go scramble and get them and yeah. you don't know the quality. But if you can purchase them for next year and plan it out, and you then. Know it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, that's the big unknown we don't know what it's going to look like and it's not up to us the people in the project it's up to the brewers on what they're interested in and up to the consumers yeah, on what they're what interested they're in drinking well, yeah. I think the
1: unique the unique thing about it really is 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 you can't pigeonhole it into a style it's more about it, it can be a variety of styles right because you're talking about more about a, a home Grown brewery
0: with homegrown products, right? So well, it's hmm. a strawberry rhubarb blonde ale. That can, I'm going to have to disagree no, here. it's say it. exactly but, a but beer what I'm, I'm saying is of is that yeah, one that brewery, one
1: brewery might, year, might right. produce that. That yes, might be what yeah.
0: one brewery does, but then another brewery is going to come no, up with their own. Everybody has, has to have their own version of it. Like yeah. when we were in British Columbia, and everybody had their own version of the ESB. Yeah, everybody should have their own version of a strawberry rhubarb. Yeah, a blonde ale. You heard it here first. it happen. I
2: want that. So sounds good a julian dutch apple pie i will tell you julian like, dutch apple pie beer exactly and that would there be a have. different san
1: diego beer that's what i'm saying there they, you could end up with five or six different san diego beers because they yeah. they hit different spots of san diego but
0: mm. issues yeah well, just, we and just, rarely disagree on anything ever because this what is I a place i strongly that, disagree and i'm
1: trying to remember because because when when pure project releases those two they have the the strawberry one and then they have the orange one right it's like the, the sunset, sunset crush, crush. yep I mean, those are two of the greatest beers I've ever had. Carlsbad those are Car- those are those, are those are are San Diego beers, right? Like, if, and if you could get everybody producing something like that, Carlsbad oh Crush. my gosh, no, I get sure. that. Carl's about to crash, but with the strawberry and if you have you had the strawberry and the stuff from Pure yeah, Project when they have like, those are yeah. phenomenal beers. Yes, but true. and they they're, they're short yeah.
3: releases, and you go there and they sell out very quickly. Mm-hmm. This is um, making me thirsty. Yeah, it is. It is. We have another beer. Let's drink <laughs> it. All right, so this <laughs> other beer, I'll, I'll let someone else open it while I pour this it. This is going to take some work. So this so, is the this is Pure I'm Project not. Leaf. It's a, a method traditionnel, which yeah. is the agreed-upon term to say a Lambic style that's made outside of the Brussels region. And the reason is that in Brussels, it's actually a Lambic is a protected trademark, if you will. Like champagne. Uh, it's like champagne, yeah. And so even though that only applies in the EU, uh, producers here in the U.S. agree to support their... Uh, the producers there in in Brussels, and so they say method traditional. So, oh. and
2: this, uh, we're opening this with a it's corked, a corked, yeah, yeah. it That's been aging for a little bit.
3: So this is uh, 100% spontaneously fermented. It has a raw wheat, and it, uh, has raw a raw wheat, wheat, <laughs> and it has and it that uses. Would also be a San Diego beer. <laughs> yeah, right, there it, you uh, go. Hey, we do Dang. have a we do have hemp uh, yes, yes, industry I, here. Yeah. And it uses uh, Admiral Malting's well um, malt. Okay. So, what they did, interestingly, so in Brussels, famously, like Cantillon, one of the big producers of lambics, or one of the big blenders of lambics, won't clean the cobwebs out of their fermentation room because they believe that the, the, the fungi, the yeast, and the bacteria that are there, that's their flavor. Have you seem like a fun guy. Thank no. you. Are you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> So what Pure Project did differently <laughs> is that they actually took this beer, put it in cool ships, big open f- fermenting vessels, and they took it around the county. Oh, really? And so they took it to like Mount Laguna, different so, versions. Oh. They took it to Palomar Mountain. So they took it. some
1: different natural ye- yeasts and stuff. Just yeah, Woo, spontaneous, exactly. air- airborne. To- wow!
0: You didn't even do the, the yeah. you S- do S-
3: snorting. Come on. And then what they did is they took, they, took, uh, they barrel fermented it, and then they took years, uh, or they took beers that were in barrels for one year, two year, and three year, and blended them. So this one is leaf. Yeah, so
1: three-year blend. That's pretty, yeah. Yeah.
3: So it's not something for the faint of hearted brewer to make, because no. they've been planning this for years. And yeah. this is the seventh iteration, because they started right when they opened. They planned to make this type of beer. Um, on, after the third year in production, and by doing spontaneously fermented, you get these not just sour, not just lactic acid, but you get these barnyard smells yeah, and these so like good. My, my my brothers into ones terroir.
2: That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, which is like horse shit,
1: yeah. mm-hmm. basically. But but I think like in some ways these have become some of my favorite beers. Just because they're so complex and they're the taste, and they're so unique mm-hmm. and different, and like, and then you take these, and then you add some fruit to it, mm-hmm. you know, or you add some different, and it's like it's it. They're they're just. I mean, they're not something that you're going to go out and sit around and drink pints of it with the boys. But if you're talking about just the craft. When we,
0: when we get our culture on. That's true. And but we, when you're and talking we, about craft
1: beer, you want to talk about the craft. The craft yes. of make to, 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 the ability to make something like this is pretty impressive.
0: There's we make a special occasion of some yeah. of the bottled stuff. Like that we, I, buy like we shared a bunch out.
1: of stuff. I shared some of that stuff with you on on New Year's, right? Mm-hmm. We had the, it was funny because we had one it was fantastic Shh, and we had don't another tell one. oh sorry we had one that was well joe was in europe so but we had this one and it was made with i can't remember what the, the name of the berry was or the thing but they basically say it's the most it's this the most sour plant um or fruit on, on in north america and they had actually actually got it up it north of up like in siberia it grows up there and they get the flowers of it wow. and it was honestly one of the it was too sour to drink like we drank it and we're like, this is good but we can't finish it but it was so sour but it was just like amazing what they went through to get it, and then how to figure out how to blend it enough to even make it,
0: you know, drinkable. So that's really cool. That's cool. <laughs> basically said, if you drink enough, you go insane. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, they said if you eat enough of the just regular fruit, and then they said they had to keep blending it and blending it and blending it to get down to a thing where they felt like, okay, this is something we can bottle and share. It was that trial and trial
0: and ale from Edmonton uh, Brewing. Mm. This has a salinity to it. Yes. This this leaf. Mm-hmm. I, I picked that up. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's not too nuanced, is it? it it's it's no, it's it's there.
2: No, that's it's right there subtle, yeah. for
0: everyone to notice. But oh, for the goodness. listeners, they're trying to wondering, desperately wondering what we're drinking <laughs> and what does it taste like. It okay.
3: definitely has that to it. It has a tiny bit of of pineapple, almost like like caramelized pineapple. Like, yeah. Right,
2: caramelized pineapple.
3: You know, you ever put pineapple on the grill? On the grill, yeah, the grill. yeah. yeah.
0: And I don't know how much of it is power of suggestion, but whenever we have the brewer or whoever tells us this is what you should pick up on it, I go, that's exactly what I'm tasting. And, and to a degree, yes, it's there. And to a degree, my brain desperately wants to agree. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well the uh the the neuro gastronomy Whoa. <laughs> gordon shepherd is a uh, neuro wait, wait. Uh, well, we went to a new that. level of education on yeah. this part, yeah. so i'm just gonna say
1: uh, well, i'm feeling like, feel like so okay. feel
2: like kind of snooty right now yeah it's yeah. like so, a sommelier yeah, of
3: beer so they they found that we associate or we process aromas the same way we process visual stimuli in the sense that it creates patterns in our brain and we try to map that pattern. And so just like a kid sees, when they can first start to see, they see their parent and they map like comfort and safety to that image. Uh, With aroma, it does the same thing and and, and flavor in general. And so what happens is that it's just like the old maps, you know, there be dragons here, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like the blank on the map. And then over as the more you explore, the more you fill in the map. That's what's happening with our brains when we're smelling things. So when you get mm. that aha moment when someone else suggests something, and yeah, you, right. you're you're con- making those connections, and then it's firm. So the next time you don't need the brewer there to make that. Just draw that connection.
2: Okay, so we need more years of beer at the <laughs> establishments well, where we go to drink beers.
1: Like think about it in terms of I think we have made a conscious um, decision to try to educate ourselves and, and appreciate different beer styles. Because if we go back and think about it, like the, when we walked into toolbox the first time, right. And the guy's like, have you ever had sours? And we're like, no. And He's like, well, you know, and we had them. We we're like, this is the worst thing I've ever had. And we walked out of there. Most <laughs> ever, and, and I feel bad about it. Cause I feel like I, they probably were pretty unbelievable beers at the time. And then I'm thinking about when we were up in Washington. remember we went to the place with the farmhouse ales. Yes. And it was the same thing. It was a farmhouse ale place. And we go, well, let's go try this place. And we walked in there and we're like, these beers are undrinkable. And I feel like we've grown so, so we much. We each
0: ordered a pint of their Mexican yeah, lager drink that of, that yeah. left <laughs> The Mexican <laughs> lager was
1: great because we tasted a bunch and we but we just weren't ready at that point. And I think that's why you would need something like that because I think most people no, right, aren't ready right. for that. Most people go to a restaurant or whatever else and they're gonna drink what they know. Right. And they're going to drink it So the only way you learn to branch out is if you had someone to kind of yeah, guide you. Yeah, right. If
2: someone could explain, yeah. hey, the subtleties of yeah. what you're drinking, why you know how it's made, what it's paired with, that that would that would right. be. Right. Yeah. Guide, they, guide you, they guide you.
1: They guide you into that and through that, and, and yeah. uh, I think you appreciate that. I mean, it's not something you were going to appreciate when you're 21, 22, 23 but years saying, old. But
2: even most even most
1: breweries you go to a lot of times they, they don't, don't
2: they yeah, don't have time. Yeah. To, but well, I think that's the or, next thing,
1: right? That's the, you're, you're right. starting to see that in in a lot of restaurants, right. especially when they're starting to talk about. You know, beer and food pairings and putting those together. I mean, I remember we went to a big thing at Ballast Point where they were doing that and the, this taste this and they walked you through it. Um, it makes it more fun, it's too. More like, fun. Oh, know, it's more fun. It you, makes it much more of an experience. You learn about it. Oh, you know,
2: yeah, I taste that. Like, you Pat point. oh, yeah the, yeah, yeah, the caramelized pineapple. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think a
1: lot of us are even someone, you drink it and you're kind of scared to say, do I, do I really taste that? You, do, you doubt yourself until yeah. someone, that oh, this guy's an expert and they said I should taste this. Yeah, okay. I did taste yeah. that, you know, and then that's where you start to appreciate it again. So yeah. we do
0: we have a privileged existence. So in our spring breaks and on our summers, we go to places early while the brewer's still there, or while the owner's still there, or while the person that's putting together the the tap list is there. And we often get those by afternoon or evening. You've got the evening crew. Those people have want to go home and right. see their families right. and you have the beer tenders there that can give you some tasting notes, but nothing at the level that it's going to get yeah. you into something new.
1: Right. Yeah. But I, like I said, I, I totally can see that even in our evolution, you know, as far as if you have, if, if, first off, maybe we'd been a little more open-minded early on, but also had someone there to kind of guide you in that, you know, I, I feel like, maybe toolbox would still be in business. Cause yeah, I would, right. I would have been there like, I would have been there like every weekend then, you know? So uh, yeah. no, that's like one of my things, like when I think back on regrets of in yeah, beer tasting, right. I'm like, I can't believe we did that, you know, because I guarantee those were phenomenal. Cause I think someone said, Oh, I, I they were very excited that they had a toolbox beer that they had saved. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. we See, were, you know, yeah. there,
2: there could be a job. Like you go to a brewery, you could like pay someone yeah. to like hang with you and just talk beer oh, with you yeah. while you're drinking the beers. I'd pay someone to hang out and just <laughs> talk beers with me, right? We got a guy right here.
0: and Bad. I got one more question because I've got to know more about being a culinary historian, this book you're writing, and what does all this have to do with barbecue?
2: Oh, okay. Did so you bring so some yeah. barbecue? Tell I, us about you. Brought I wish. wish. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm- Greatest uh, Greatest night ever. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So as an independent historian, that means that I don't get paid to teach history or to research history. So it's I'm on free time. I tell a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, there's gonna be plenty of Aztecs
2: that would take a class on beer and barbecue. Come yes, on, no, I agree. we're working on <laughs> it. Graduates of um, yeah, I'd like go. to
1: get a graduate degree in beer and barbecue. Beer and barbecue. I feel like I've had one on the streets. So now I'd like to get some
3: formal <laughs> yeah, formal get that education. Education, Some paper to go yeah, with that street yeah, cred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the project I'm working on is. Uh, is the history of food and drinks competitions going back to oh, wow. uh 1800s um uh, county fairs like agricultural yeah. fairs where it's chili like
2: cook-offs, chili right. cook-offs,
3: bake-offs, go. those kind of things where it's non-profit, it's just bragging rights um, but they've evolved in in the early 80s when the uh, homebrewers association well homebrewers association started in the late 70s but Late 70s, early 80s, Home Brewers Association, Brewers Association, the Kansas City Barbecue Society, the International Chili Society. Okay, quick. White bean chili. Pair of beer with that. White bean chili. Saison goes with everything. Oh. And Belgian triples. Nice. Like, it, it, when in doubt, <laughs> okay. right there. Triple out. Uh, triple out. <laughs> I like that word. <laughs> but but so, wait, wait. Uh, yeah.
2: spicy barbecue
3: wings. What goes with that? Um. Pilsner or crisp lager. Ooh, no, that's fair. Yeah. Nice. Cream ale. Yeah. Okay. Oh, All uh, right. <laughs> sweet barbecue ribs. Sweet, sweet, sweet ribs. So you can go two ways, right? You can either complement the beer. So you can do something like a um like a Marzen or a, a mm. dunkel where you get some sweetness oh, and roast from Smith the nut brown. Oh. nut brown goes with most things too. Yeah, that's nice. Oh. Yeah. Or you can cut through it by going with something really sour so that you get the sweet, sour contrast. Okay.
2: How about uh, now i'm really hungry about, right now like honestly how, i'm about, walking out of the door in how a about like uh, uh
3: like uh Hawaii sweet hawaiian teriyaki burger teriyaki burger so you got some meatiness and you got some char hopefully and you got pineapple um oh yeah there's char yeah, there's yeah. Char. the beer is uh i would i would either go tripel or actually maybe a hefeweizen oh to kind of compliment I the fruitiness. Right? Like yeah, some of yeah. the little <laughs> banana, but then the clove kind of it's mellow enough, but nice. it's highly carbonated. So it kind of cuts through it cleans the palate in between each yeah. bite. Nice. Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah. See I
1: want like right, to so I got a, I got a, <laughs> a beer salmon. Yeah, yeah but right I, got a, I got a different question because you're you're on the barbecue side of it. So you're an expert yeah. in barbecue. G- give me your like. What are your top two or three barbecue places in San Diego? Oh, that's that's more on my like. I want to know where I'm going no, this no, weekend. Top
0: three is hard for a guy that's got
1: to
3: go
2: write
0: a book. How about some favorites? Some favorites. There Phil, you go. Is,
2: Coops, is Phil still around? Is Phil still exists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: um Coops. <laughs> Where's that? Coops barbecue in Lemon Grove. I've been there. that's yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Yes. Right, we need to do that. No. I've been there. It's really good. And then um Corbin's Q in College Area. Okay. Corbin uh, Coops does Texas style, yeah, and Corbin's does Santa Maria style. Okay, so he's from what's that? Santa Maria is uh, north of Santa Barbara, and so they do it on an open grill, and Uh, they raise and lower uh, the grill. Um, and so it's just a bit different. It's not the same like level of bark that you get from like Texas style brisket. Mm. Uh, and then they also use Paquito beans uh, to make like beans on the side. So it's kind of
1: almost like a a more of a a Mexican style of of barbecue if you're Santa Maria, I like that kind of stuff. Kind of
3: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: so hungry. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) so hungry.
3: So the, the book is the the project is focusing on competition history and like the decisions that are made by the different constituents. Like why do people participate? Why do people organize? Why do people judge? Why do consumers show up? So for beer competitions, the consumer doesn't get anything out of it except that when you see that something won awards, maybe you'll go Try, buy it, yeah, yeah. you know, or you go to tap Hey, what's that latest thing I just read about? Um, but at like a chili competition or a barbecue competition. Consumers get to go and taste things as they're yeah. making them because at barbecue, you serve six ribs and that's it. But you're making two or three racks of ribs right. to pick out the six perfect ribs. Huh. Um, or you serve six slices, you serve six pieces of chicken but you're cooked half a dozen chickens. Um, so, so the question is like, how did these organizations um, start? How did they evolve? And a great example is in barbecue, they um, don't allow red leaf lettuce in the competition boxes. What? And it's because at one point uh, a competitor told a judge friend, Hey, I'm going to put red leaf uh, lettuce, and then you'll know it's mine, so give it the high scores. Oh, wow.
1: ah, I just thought it was because lettuce weird. has no spot near barbecue. You just eat <laughs> you don't want the lettuce to fill you up. You want to fill up on barbecue. They found that putting, that's that's, putting
3: the reddish meat, the meat yeah. on green leafy stuff, makes it The colors pop. pop. pop Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, same thing with beer, they found that people were putting like little stars on the bottle caps. Uh, And so, when the judge was like, oh, okay, here's my friends. 50 out of 50. Ah. And so, it's like, okay, no. So, there's so the pick me sign. Yeah, Yeah. that's funny. And so, the evolution of style. Have you ever been bribed? (laughs) No, but I was at a table. Such favors?
2: No, (laughs) never. But I was at a table. I don't want to be. I don't want your job. Well, there was an
3: awkward (laughs) moment at the America's Finest City homebrew competition here in san diego where oh tell us um the judge the beer he's like oh have you had this before i'm like oh no I'm, I'm, no it's a rare style so i'm not gonna say it but he's like oh okay well here's the beer okay and we judge and he's like well i think it's a little higher and i'm like oh, okay yeah i agree the yeah. scores could let's get a consensus of seven points and okay and he's like oh yeah that's so-and-so's beer He's oh. the only one who makes it. Oh, so he So he's like every gonna... time this comes to competition, I know whose it is, and oh, I'm like, well, that's funny. That's not fair. I need an adult. I don't <laughs> know what to do with <laughs> this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, it was a great beer, so it wasn't like yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't a bribe, but but that is part it of was leading the witness. Yes, sort yes. Of, or leading yeah. the judge in this case. <laughs> so the competitions, the the it's still taste. It's still memory. It's still like being mindful about what's in front of you. In beer tasting, we pour two ounces. Wine tasting, similar. Spirits is the same. In barbecue, you get one bite. Oh, wow. That's one, bite. Yeah. You judge on. On one bite! Come on! That's why I can never be a barbecue Come judge. Come on! <laughs> I can it's, never it, one bite. That's a tease. Yeah. It is. Come on. But what, what experienced judges do is they bring a cooler oh, okay. and Ziploc bags. So at the end of the competition, <laughs> they, they throw on. it yes. in a bag and oh, throw it down. and then you they wait I and think I, take I, it I, I, I want, want to, to be a... <laughs> Food judge, yeah, it, it was really fun. Uh, so, give us a when should we expect this book? Oh yeah, that's a so, good question. Yeah, that I ask myself daily. Asking, yeah,
0: when's this book gonna be done? So we can go do some stuff.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that next by next year it'll be in the phase where I can be be focusing on oral histories because it really is about the people involved. Oh, that's Interesting. Yeah. And yes. so, doing oral histories his, of what? So, oral histories, for example, um, um. Gordon Strong is the president emeritus of Beer Judge Certification Program. He's been around; 30, he's been almost forty years in the beer scene. Uh, Charlie Papazian, founder of American Homebrewers Association, I read his book. Oh, oh you mean like people
2: passing things down? Yeah, but what do
3: you mean, oral histories? Okay, recording yeah, their I'm histories and then right. typing it out, and so that it's then archived to be about that specific thing. Not oral history. No. Oh,
1: okay. um, yeah. Doc's mind goes in dark places sometimes. I caught yes, yes, that. Yes, yes,
3: yes. Um, but so recording the histories and getting written, I'm, I've got all the, I've, I, just like the maps. You know, I've got a lot of blanks there yeah. to fill in and and tell us bills. So hopefully by the end of next year. Fascinating. Fantastic. All right. yeah.
0: Pat Walls, thank you for spending the evening with us and sharing your story, yeah, no, your expertise,
3: and your beers. Oh, thank you. Tremendous. Thanks for having me. Bravo, bravo.
0: Listeners, thank you for spending the hour with us. Remember, just a moment to rate us, review us, wherever you get our podcast. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and our website, ilikebeerthepodcast.com. We'd love to keep drinking, but right now we got to run.
2: B W E W R
3: U N beer run. B-W-E-R-R-U-N, beer run. All we need is a ten and a five key in a sober driver B double A double